welcome to the gold standard. The Nuggets over, Hard Pick Mining Company or the Moneyline Mining Corporation. We're not sure, but you'll find out. <laughs> That would be the nugget. Well done. Um, Who are we um, talking to? This is um, um, Mike P. We've got Andrew, Rex, and Bush on the line, and sometimes Seaver. So, <laughs> so who's getting fussy? Is that that's definitely um, Bush that getting fussy? That would be the nugget bench. <laughs> the Oh, this is just perfect. What's on? What's on the agenda? This is going well. Um, so we're going to be running down here a quick recap of the week. Uh, the DMVP or the Denver MVP of the week. Uh, Bush's overreaction. That should be fun. Rex's bold claim to stake. Uh, Andrew's gamble of the week, uh, and then we'll round up the end of the podcast here. So, getting started with the weekly recap. So the Nuggets played four games this week. Uh, we played the Wolves twice, played the Mavs, uh, and then the Sixers. Uh, we got three wins out of that and one loss. <laughs> I mean, it makes for a, a great week if you play a terrible team, uh, a team of seven bench players, and then a really good game with the Mavs. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk about, too, is the Mavs game was the only one that was interesting. Uh, The two Wolves games, I thought, were just blowouts. They kind of get us back to, you know, where we need to be, get get our players playing right, good mix of uh, Jokic and Murray in those games. Sixers was like an exhibition game or a warm-up game or whatever. Uh, But the Mavs game was actually a really fun, really entertaining game. Uh, We lost that one. But I thought the team actually played really well. Um, it just it felt like, and I think Andrew said it at one point in time, it felt like one of those games that we would have won last year, uh, but just couldn't pull this one out, uh, especially going into overtime. Yeah, you could definitely feel it getting into overtime. Not Andrew. I would like... Uh, <laughs> oh, you want credit? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, fine. Half point awarded to Bush. <laughs> My text message. I guess Andrew gets a half a point. Yeah. Well, we're not keeping track of points, so take all the points you want. (laughs) Oh, Oh, all right. Well, the interesting thing about that game was the scorekeeper. We we got to overtime in that game and just couldn't do it. It's like our guys were too tired. Um, it, it felt to me like Jokic and Murray have been playing too much lately. No, um, it's it's not even fair to say we got to overtime. Jokic got to overtime. That's so true. He, he was just the only thing happening uh, anywhere in the fourth quarter. Well, well, he had What's going on. <laughs> oh my Sorry. god, that was professional. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you'll get to 38 points and 11 rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, he had 17 in the fourth quarter and overtime, I think. So he was beyond dominant. But he did play that entire fourth quarter, which seems to be Malone's new thing, where he's staggering Murray and Jokic. And Jokic now, instead of sitting for the first four minutes of of the fourth quarter, is now playing the whole last 12 minutes of the game. So... Not sure if he can keep that up in terms of energy at the end of the game, but he uh, 
he definitely stepped up once again as usual this season. Uh, do you wish that he put in that, like, he got a, an offensive rebound with, like, a minute and a half left and could have put it back. It wasn't even a minute and a half. It was, like, 40 seconds left. And he reset the shot clock and kicked it back out. It ended up being an empty <laughs> possession. But had he put it in, it would have been up three. Um, and Mavs would have had last shot to tie. Like Jokic probably trying to be too unselfish as usual. Yeah. And coming yeah. and biting us in the ass. Oh, yeah, I definitely felt that. Fit. Yeah, he was like weirdly ineffective at the rim in that game, too. He missed so many layups. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel about it? He was just not his usual self. Well, he also was missing free throws, too. Like, he just – all, all around, like, he had a great game. I mean, he had, what, 38 points in that game? Yeah. Uh, but there were just, like, these little – and it's tough to nitpick a guy that had 38 points and was, you know, basically carried the team to have any shot of winning it. Uh, but it, there were definitely were those moments that I agree, the layoffs, and then uh, some free throws that he would normally just drain. The guy wasn't putting them down. And he had no help. I mean, Murray had a decent game, but other than that, I felt like we, we had no help that game. No. And the Mavs are, what, a, a middle-of-the-road West Western Conference team going to be in the playoffs? You're right. They should be the There's somebody seat. we're going to see. Yeah. And we're like a 4-3-4-5 seed, something like that. Um, and this is a team that we should beat um, at the end of the day. They're good, um, and it was a fun game to watch, but we definitely should have won. Uh, yeah, I – I don't want to put too much weight on it in, in that the the three that uh, Clavin hit at, at the end was they, well, they shot 80% behind the arc in the fourth quarter. Like that's not, that's, that's not, you're, you're never going to win those games. Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree. Um, all right. Well, I had a question about the Timberwolves. Did either of those games make you miss um, Malik Beasley or Wancho at all? Do you wish we had those guys back on the Nugs? No. Uh, Not at all. Me, maybe Wancho. <laughs> Wancho, but not no. at all for basketball ability, just for character and energy. <laughs> God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but we won't oh, look at that that is nice oh, oh. we won't know when oh, he wants to come back in though <laughs> he can text <laughs> he can text <laughs> uh no I, I i just uh so there were certain moments when those guys were on and you know malik was making some moves uh but the problem is is that like we were never going to be able to afford um malik he's he's a you know basket case off the court um but uh to have him on our second team uh, i i think you know we pick up two more wins at least this season uh with him on the team so uh, there is some uh, wanting and wishing that we had had him but uh i i also at the same point in time think like we can get that production out of some of our other players our team just isn't meshing in the same way that we have in years past no nobody meshes this is the second week of a broken season um the the only thing that i missed seeing wancho and malik was 
the the Wancho Jokic hug of like that was his buddy, and <laughs> yeah. that that was important in last year's chemistry. That hopefully he finds that with somebody else. It really did seem like they were like really good friends. Yeah, that was like a genuine moment on the court. Andrew, did you miss Wancho or Malik Beasley? I missed Malik no. Beasley. Why? Why did I miss Malik Beasley? Yeah. Because he's athletic, and we don't have a lot of athletic guys. Um, what do you mean athletic? Like rebounds athletic? Like pushing pace that he would never do I, athletic? I mean, he was he was born walking and jumping higher than any of us can naturally do. What? Like natural athleticism where you have like vertical and horizontal movements where you can kind of move quickly. Like Jamal Murray is not actually much of an athlete. You don't Gary think so? Harris is not much of an athlete. Will Barton is probably our best athlete. Jeremy Grant was. Um, so we do not have a lot of athletes on our team. But Malik there are the a lot Mutant. of basketball players. He's better than what we have. He's not the best athlete. You know what, Andrew? Uh, enduring uh, the Avi crying, you trying to figure out your microphone just for that comment was worth it. Well, to, I appreciate you guys ways than one. All right, well, let's let's move on. Uh, Rex, uh, I think uh, you've got a little segment here that we're going to call the DMVP. Uh, sure. What what does the DMVP stand for? The Denver MVP of the week. Oh, the Denver MVP. <laughs> um, uh, I, I love I love Andrew's echo. Uh, <laughs> the MVP of the week. I have your fancy headset on. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I'm really proud of you, Andrew. I really am. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to give you shit for it. The the Denver MVP of the week is is gonna it's gonna be Gary Harris because he's also going to be my hill that I'm going to die on this week. Uh, <laughs> Gary Harris is the high scorer of the worst worst game of the season uh, at, the, at the Sixers, which uh, nobody actually watched the game, so we don't know that. But I, I assume that he, he saved the whole season from this embarrassment hole of going in there and losing to uh, seven and a half nobodies. Um, and that's he, he's he's an MVP or that's that's it. There's there's nothing else good in, in Denver sports i mean let's be honest the the real mvp of the week is Jokic. you can say it's gary harris just for fun but uh Jokic is clearly the one who's uh carried us out of this hole uh <laughs> he's the only one actually on the season uh is is the only player we have averaging 24.7 points 11.3 rebounds and 11 assists on 58 44 and 79 shooting oh no. so uh, if you don't think he's the mvp of the week you uh clearly have not been watching the nuggets so i'm disappointed what? in you rex um and the re- <laughs> i'm glad that you're disappointed in me but you didn't define the criteria Yo- Jokic is expected to carry the team we know he's going to carry the team and he has carried the team uh gary 
just completely shit the bed for the first week of the season, and he's he completely shit the bed for the first half of this week. But he started to turn it around, and he's shown the most value and upside, and that that's why I expectations versus reality is why he he's he he's gonna save the season for the Nuggets. He's gonna somehow he's, he's going to be he's going to get like three wins right at the end he's going to hit some clutch buckets a bunch of guys are going to probably get hurt because it's going to it's inevitable and he has <laughs> the season in the bubble he came in we finally were defending Donovan Mitchell I mean granted Murray and Jokic were amazing but it wasn't until Gary got back that all of a sudden we climbed out of that you know Three one right. hole. So he, I think he, he's also tasked with an impossible job to be locked down on whoever the ace is on the other side, and like okay, your yeah, your job is to slow down Donovan Mitchell or um, Dame Lillard and or Luca, and if those guys shoot forty percent, then <laughs> that that is enough to win a game for us, maybe. I mean, I will tell you, um, on the 76ers game, you you are not um, off path, but Jokic was a plus minus, was 24, Harris was 17. He did score 21 points, got a steal, got an assist, three rebounds, um, had a decent game. Um, Jokic did not play as many minutes. Um, He actually um, only played about 29 minutes uh, in the game, so less than his usual, uh, but still made a huge impact on the game. But Gary, obviously, that was a turnaround game for him. Yeah. So throwing out random project, uh, predictions, what do you think Gary's three-point percentage will be by the end of the year? <laughs> What's it right now? Before yesterday, it was 14%. <laughs> Let's see. I'll pull it up. You guys throw out your predictions. I'll tell you what he is right now. Uh, I think he'll end the year at 34%. 28%. You think he's going to finish at 28 After his blistering five from eight yesterday, he is at twenty four point three percent right now. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to thirty four. Sticking there. Thirty four. Interesting. <laughs> I think if he if he honestly could get the thirty five percent, thirty six percent, then it's climb all the way back and are like a two seed. I really believe that. He shot 33% last year. He shot 34% the year before. Somehow he shot 40% in 2017-18 and 42% in 16-17. Okay, it's... There's 20 seconds left. Nuggets are down three. Somebody's got to hit a three. uh, Hit that shot at the end of the game. Who... Who are the top five Nuggets in what order would you like to shoot that shot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, end of the game, I think I'm actually going to Jokic because he's just fucking Mr. Clutch. Jokic shoot that three than Jamal? It's close. It's very close. I would do. I yes, actually. I think I would. I mean, Jamal's definitely taller. second. They're closing in on him. That's true. Ta- That's a good point. Uh, right. It, 
They're definitely one and two. Who's number three? Barton? Jamichael Green. Millsap? Probably Millsap. Yeah. You know what? I'm 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 still on that Michael Porter train. I think I think he's my number three. Really? I think Millsap and Green are right are right behind him. Um, I think I'd rather have Green than Millsap at, at this point in time. I just uh, I haven't trusted Millsap uh, the last I don't know year or so uh, to make that shot. He's been very streaky with it. But I just like you know Porter. He's he's a big guy. Um, he showed in the bubble that he can make some pretty big shots. I think I'm putting him number three. I kind of forgot about Michael Porter. <laughs> I, I think I agree with you. Did, can you can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Still crushing it. Um, I mean, we can hear you better when you're talking. Oh, okay. Well, I have been, but for some reason it didn't come through. I'd go Jokic, Murray. MPJ, because MPJ doesn't flow with our offense, but if it's a last shot, it doesn't matter. Then Jamichael Green, and then uh, probably Barton. Do you think it's different if it's like a drawn play versus they're also tasked with gen- like generating their own space? Yes, I do. Um, so, right, yes. if it's a drawn play, then you have to have judgment, which would throw MPJ out. <laughs> And you know none of it's going to matter because it's... He's 6'10", like you were talking about Andrew. And so he's tall, he can get a shot off whenever. I think Andrew's just a Porter hater because his wife is in love with him. <laughs> what? Actually, that, oh. that, that would be oh, my niece. That's interesting. Your niece is? No. Yeah. Did she give him COVID? Not Karina. Did she... Well, she's 12. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> Let's mute Andrew again. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that was the DMVP of the week. Um, so I think we're, we're running into what we're going to do here is a... Uh, <laughs> Sponsored by BSW Real Estate. BSW Real Estate for all your real estate needs in the Denver metro area. Um, And our fourth topic of the day here is Bush's overreaction of the week. This is a running segment. Uh, Our good friend, Mr. Bush, is typically a little quick to the trigger, quick to the reaction, and uh, he's got some hot take for you here. Who are we running out of town? I I think I'm very nuanced. And my uh, overreaction of the week is all about Michael Malone. I think Michael Malone is a decent NBA coach. I think he is a pretty good leader. I think the team really likes him. I think he's good with the media, but I think he really struggles with in-game adjustments and he's like the least creative coach in the NBA. That's my hottest of the takes. We have the best offensive player in terms of creativity with Jokic and somehow we just put out these lineups around him constantly that kind of make Jokic play with one hand behind his back. And I don't understand why uh, Mike Malone just doesn't get a little bit more creative with the lineups. Maybe try and play a rookie every once in a while. <laughs> and instead, we just keep the same lineups over and over and over, regardless of how they're doing in the game. So that's my reaction of the week is – uh, Mike Malone is going to be the reason why the Nuggets fall short in the playoffs, not because of anybody else. Hmm. Is that is it an overreaction if it's accurate? <laughs> not accurate. 
Uh, so, Jokic, super creative. Um, but what about, like, the Nuggets' second unit gives you any hope that they should be mixed more with Jokic? That, that what? How would you shake that up? What lineup would you run out there? I'm just already tired of seeing is the four guard lineup with Dozier at power forward. And it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. And instead of, you know, giving Najee a run, maybe, um, you know, we, our, our roster this year doesn't make a lot of sense. I'll, I'll give them that. But if you look at like what we do at the end of the games, and even this one that Jokic just made, the play was basically throw it to Jokic in the corner and let him do a fall away. And instead of, you know, that, that literally looked like what the play was drawn up. I'm sure there was something else to right. it. In a hard spot, too. I just don't think that mo- Yeah, it's a really hard spot. And then Jokic fucking buries it and doesn't even, hardly even touches the net. So I just, I just don't understand a lot of the times, like, out of timeout plays, we don't seem to do anything. We just throw it to Jamal or throw it to uh, Jokic. And then with the, uh, you know, with, with the second unit, I just am already giving up on the four guard with one big lineup. It just doesn't seem to work. We'd think we'd be an offensive juggernaut when they're out there. We're going to suck defensively, but now we're just sucking defensively and we're sucking on offense. So I don't understand it. And I just feel like he's so stubborn with playing young guys. Right? We saw it last year with MPJ. He just wanted to give him enough run. Like Andrew always says, you know, eventually injuries force his hand. And then all of a sudden we start playing better. And that, that shouldn't happen with a coach so i actually think i would like him if i met him he seems like a really likable guy so i don't want to totally bash malone but i've been bashing him <laughs> well I, I, and go ahead mike no i was just, I was just going to say i i, I actually kind of agree with you um, on some of those points you, you know he he has obviously uh, put together a good team and a good we made a good run um, in the playoffs, but the problem is, is that uh, on a game-to-game basis, it seems like he's he's a little bit stubborn in his lineups. Is a little bit stubborn in saying this is the way we're going to do it, and not as flexible as I would like to see um, as the game flows. I mean, there's been multiple instances where we're just getting you know buried on the three-point line, um, and he's not doing anything to change uh, up our game plan to try and do anything about it. Um, so I think he's just inflexible on an in-game uh, basis, but I think Malone's a great coach. I mean, I, I, that all being said, um, it would be great if we had maybe some assistant coaches in there that could assist uh, to try to you know make our in-game uh, game plans a lot better. Uh, I I think I disagree. I think he's doing a great job, and he's not. I think he's playing a bigger game of. Uh, understanding that wins right now don't matter nearly as much as wins do in April and that there are more, there's more lessons to be learned by not defending, (laughs) by having the lineup out there right now that you want to gel and give them a chance to fail and learn their way and yell at them to put them in a position to lose some games, yell at them for it and learn from it. Then try to solve too much too soon and not give them the opportunity to grow through it. Uh, but all of that said, 
that works better when you play your young guys and let them flounder, which he doesn't do. Um, but I, at least that's what I'm telling myself. You get your Murray just play tons of minutes, yeah. which I'm well, he, okay with. But he's gonna burn them out. He's gonna burn them out by the time it gets to the playoffs. And like the problem is when you have a team that's developing and you get a coach that's amazing at developing players, that doesn't normally translate into a great X's and O's coach. Right? Like Popovich is one of those guys that can do both, which makes him so great. But every time we play the Spurs, Malone gets completely dominated by Popovich because we have so much more talent and it always goes to game seven. And so that's the issue is that's fine. We need to let our young players develop because this team is different than last year. And Malone is really good at helping players get to their potential. But then he doesn't know what to do with them once they get there. If the Nuggets win it all, it will be in spite of him instead of because of him. And I bet he's here for the next two to three years. That's it? Yeah, I think I think he, he can get better. I, I really think that he can get better. I think it's just on him to you know, try to improve as a coach. And I don't necessarily think that just because he is the coach, then our ceiling is capped. But if he doesn't change the way his mindset around it, then, then we're screwed, basically. You know, came in talking like a defensive coach that gets terms of points per possession, throwing out some stats for you, Mike, have never been higher than 11th um, since he's been coached. That was two years ago. We're usually middle of the pack in the 20s this year we're through the first nine games um so i just don't i don't understand what he hangs his hat on in terms of a coach he wants to be a defensive coach our defense is always bad some of the ways that a coach could impact it rather than the players so i'm through three games of the bubble i Uh, Eric just hung up on himself. <laughs> All right. Eric is gone. He was on a roll, though. Just so glad roll. it's not me. Um, I, I think that that was an actually an interesting point that he said that Malone does um, pride himself as a defensive coach, um, yet um, we really have not been a good defensive team um, for the majority of his tenure. I mean, even you look at this year, we're, what, 23rd or something like that in defense, second in offense. Um, you got to give him credit for the offense just as much as you, um, you know, are going to say that the defense is, is not any good. But uh, to that point, we have players who are offensive players and not defensive players. And I think this week was instructive when we saw a lot of the players say that, you know, defense is all about effort. Jermichael Green is just rioting everyone's ass, which is why I really like him um, as a great addition to us after we lost Grant. Because he's saying, listen. That's really a good point there. <laughs> Michael's trying to finish there it for he is. you. Missed out. <laughs> Eric, right, you definitely just passed, made an assist to Mike. It was a good job. Good play, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. Dropping dimes. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, um. All right. Well, uh, any, anybody want to add anything else um, to the hot uh, Bush's overreaction of the Bush's week? Bush's overreaction uh, that m- he's trying to ride Michael Malone out of town. He's going to trade the whole farm. Um, <laughs> try to probably pull in Brad Stevens, I think. I'm guessing that's who you really want. <laughs> or <laughs> What's your solution uh, to this? Uh, I 
the solution is Malone has to get better at his job, and otherwise, he needs to be gone. That's my solution. But I, I don't see that happening unless we really underperform. We might even just give him a contract extension, which really means it won't won't be happening because the Crookies won't spend that kind of money. But I think he can get better as a coach. I just think he needs to be less reliant on you know the veteran guys that we know play well and they we know have chemistry. We've seen them in the playoffs, but he's, he's coaching every game right now like it is. We're already in the playoffs. I mean. Jokic is in the best shape of his life and playing unbelievable, but he probably shouldn't be, you know, averaging whatever, 34, 35 minutes a game like he's been averaging. So, I don't know. That's that's my overreaction of the week. (laughs) Well done. What else we got? (laughs) All right. Um, In in true Miners uh, fashion, Rex is going to take a bold claim. Oh. (laughs) My bold claim is that Gary Harris is going to save the season. I didn't know I was doing two segments. And Rex also doesn't read, so that's good to know too. All right. Um, um, yep, we've got uh, one more thing, then we'll we'll wrap up the podcast here. Uh, a- Andrew has his gamble of the week. Oh right. Um, he's he's our big resident gambler, uh, dropping uh, more money than any of us uh, normally would uh, on a gamble, should. or ever should. So our degenerate Andrew, uh, what's your gamble of the week? Ah, thank you, thank you. Um, well, the Nuggets and Knicks game is going to be super fun and exciting because we have two out of the three players in the league that are leading their teams in both points, rebounds, and assists, right? Jokic and Julius Randle. Very happy for Julius Randle because I can't believe he's averaging more than two assists and he's averaging 7.3. But I got two key tips. One is anytime the Nuggets bench is out there, bet against them. Um, so generally that leads towards the second quarter and third quarter a little bit more, especially since Jokic has been playing the entire fourth quarter. And then I would focus in on the San Antonio Spurs against the Minnesota Timberwolves game. Popovich is just a good coach that doesn't let his players lose to bad teams. And Minnesota is very bad right now. Probably the worst team in the league until Carl Anthony Towns comes back. So that would be my pick of the week is to uh, pick the Spurs. All right. Lock it down. That's right. Uh, uh, clear, all right. Well, clearly um, that voice is honed after minutes and minutes of guest spots on nine news. <laughs> you know, I, I put about as much thought into that as I did this. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I sadly believe you, Andrew. Uh, it's very true. Uh, no hard takes, just very, very safe recommendations. But bet on the good coach, you know, with uh, with shock. Yeah, it's not rocket science. <laughs> um. So I think the podcast should be up uh, on Monday. So the uh, Nuggets are playing the Knicks uh, Sunday afternoon, four p.m. Uh, an away game. By the time you hear this. Uh, you know the Nuggets will already have played, so all of the information you've heard here uh, will probably be interesting in retrospect. <laughs> it's uh, going to be invalid and unnecessary. Do <laughs> <laughs> we guess the uh, final score for the uh, Nuggets Knicks game? Yeah, make here? a call. Well, there you go. Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Nuggets one twelve, um, Knicks one o five. Is MPJ playing? 
No, he is no. not. Not for the next ten games. Ten games. He he got recovered. Um, <laughs> Nugs in the over. Um, Tuesday night they play the Nets. On uh, Thursday the Warriors. Um, so we got an interesting week. Couple of tough games. A uh, couple of two road games in the Knicks and the Nets, and then we come home with the Warriors. So uh, this has been the gold standard, the Nugs in the over, the hard pick mining company, and the Moneyline Mining Company. Dane TBD next time you listen. <laughs>